Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to the Preacher Chick Podcast where we're reading the Bible together every day this year. I'm your host, Stacy, and today is day 82 and we are reading 1 Samuel 15 through 17 and Psalm 82. Let's do this. Samuel told Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people Israel. Now listen to the words of the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies says. I witnessed what the Amalekites did to the Israelites when they opposed them along the way as they were coming out of Egypt. Now go and attack the Amalekites and completely destroy everything they have. Do not spare them. Kill men and women, infants and nursing babies, oxen and sheep, camels and donkeys. Then Saul summoned the troops and counted them at Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul came to the city of Amalek and set up an ambush in the wadi. He warned the Kenites, since you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came out of Egypt, go on and leave. Get away from the Amalekites, or I'll sweep you away with them. So the Kenites withdrew from the Amalekites. Then Saul struck down the Amalekites from Havilah, all the way to Shur, which is next to Egypt. He captured King Agag of Amalek alive, but he completely destroyed all the rest of the people with the sword. Now, I know there's a lot of people who really wrestle and struggle with um, Old Testament, um, God doing things like this, wiping out um, entire groups of people. Um, I, I don't begin to try to defend or rationalize, number one, because he's God and he doesn't need me to defend him. <laughs> um, but I know it's hard. Here's the thing. The point of what we're looking at in this moment is that God gave a specific order to Saul and Saul is disobedient. Um, If you continue on, Saul and the troops spared Agag. So they, they killed, they destroyed all of the people of Amalek except King Agag. Um, And then it says, and the best sheep of the sheep, goats, cattle, and choice animals, as well as the young rams and the best of everything else. They were not willing to destroy them, but they did destroy all the worthless and unwanted things. And this this is what this is the heart of the issue here. All the stuff that they considered to have a lack of value, no big deal, God destroyed, not even a second chance. But the things that they deemed worthy and valuable, they would not destroy. It says they could not bring themselves, they were not willing to do it. God wants everything and he wants full and total obedience and he has a plan and a purpose for everything that he does and it may not make sense in the moment but when you are faithful and obedient completely obedient um, immediately obedient you're going to see his plan and purpose and you're going to understand says then the word of the Lord came to Samuel I regret that I made Saul king for he has turned away from following me and has not carried out my instructions. So Samuel became angry and cried out to the Lord all night. Early in the morning, Samuel got up to confront Saul, but it was reported to Samuel. Saul went to Carmel where he set up a monument for himself. Then he turned around and went down to Gilgal. When Samuel came to him, Saul said, may the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. (laughs) Like Saul was delusional, you know, like, He just walked right up to Samuel, who God spoke to and God used to speak. And 
he said, may the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. I, I just, I wonder what Samuel's face was. Because here was his reply in verse 14. Then what is the sound of sheep and goats and cattle I hear? Saul answered, the troops brought them from the Amalekites and spared the best sheep, goats, and cattle in order to offer a sacrifice to the Lord your God, but the rest we destroyed. So like he's trying to put a positive spin on it. It's almost like when we say, um, well, did you hear about such and such and such and such? Well, I only tell you so you can pray. <laughs> like, no, you, you just didn't obey because what God told you and if you would have been obedient, it would have been hard, and that would have been a sacrifice, and, and God would have honored your obedience. But instead, you took matters into your own hands. In verse 16, Saul, or Samuel says, stop, exclaimed Samuel. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, he replied. I can almost hear this conversation because arrogance is just arrogance. Samuel continued, although you once considered yourself unimportant, have you not become the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel and then sent you on a mission and said, go and completely destroy the sinful Amalekites. Fight against them until you have annihilated them. So why didn't you obey the Lord? Why did you rush on the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul answered. I went on the mission and the Lord, the Lord gave me. I brought back King Agag of Amalek and I completely destroyed the Amalekites. The troops took sheep and goats in order. He's like, well, it wasn't me. It was them. The troops took sheep, goats, and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was spared for destruction, to sacrifice to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Then Samuel said, does the Lord take pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? And here's the thing. Jesus uses this in his ministry. Jesus uses this exact quote from Samuel when he talks to the religious leaders during his life and his ministry. And then Samuel says, continues on, look, to obey is better than sacrifice. To pay attention is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and defiance is like wickedness and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Saul answered Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the Lord's command and your words because I was afraid of the people. I obeyed them. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin and return with me so I can worship the Lord. Samuel replied to Saul, I will not return with you because you rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And when Samuel turned to go, Saul grabbed the corner of his robe and it tore. Samuel, and listen, this is, that's another foreshadowing moment. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingship of Israel away from you today and has given it to your neighbor who is better than you. Furthermore, the eternal one of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not man who changes his mind. Saul said, I have sinned. Please honor me now before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so I can bow and worship to the Lord your God. Then Samuel went back following Saul, and Saul bowed down before the Lord. Samuel said, Bring me the king, bring me King Agag of Amalek. Agag came to him trembling, for he thought, certainly the bitterness of death has come. Samuel declared, as your sword has made women childless, so your mother will be childless among women. Then he hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Even to the day of his death, Samuel never saw Saul again. Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted he had made Saul king over Israel. I 
this, see, this is the stuff that just gets me, my personality, me. I would not be able to handle if God, I wouldn't be able to handle it if certain people in my life who I very much value would ever say, I regret, and then fill in the blank regarding Stacy. Like that would, that would just destroy me. <laughs> the Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have selected a king from his sons. Samuel asked, how can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. The Lord answered, take a young cow with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will let you know what you are to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate to you. Samuel did what the Lord directed and went to Bethlehem. When the elders of the town met him, they trembled and asked, do you come in peace? I mean, they're probably hearing about how Samuel had just hacked Agag into pieces, right? And so they're like, do you come in peace? In peace, he replied, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and said, certainly the Lord's anointed one is here before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his stature because I have rejected him. Humans do not see what the Lord sees for humans see what is visible, but the Lord sees the heart. Jesse called Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. The Lord hasn't chosen this one either, Samuel said. Then Jesse presented Shammah, and Samuel said, The Lord hasn't chosen this one either. After Jesse presented seven of his sons to him, Samuel told Jesse, The Lord hasn't chosen any of these. Samuel asked him, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, he answered, but right now, but right now he's tending the sheep. Samuel told Jesse, Send for him. We won't sit down until he we won't sit down to eat until he gets here. So Jesse sent for him. He had beautiful eyes and a healthy, handsome appearance. Then the Lord said, anoint him, for he is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from that day forward. Then Samuel set out and went to Ramah. Now in the Spirit of the Lord, now the Spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and an evil spirit sent from the Lord began to torment him. And people wrestle with this and have a really hard time with that statement as well. Um, but continuing on, so Saul's servant said to him, you see that an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command your servants here in your presence to look for someone who knows how to play the liar. Whenever the evil spirit come from God comes on you, that person can play the liar and you will feel better. Then Samuel commanded his servants, find me someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the liar. He is also a valiant man, a warrior, eloquent, handsome, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul dispatched messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with, a, with bread, a wineskin, and one young goat and sent them by his son David to Saul. When David came to Saul he, and entered his service, Saul loved him very much and David became his armor bearer. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, let David remain in my service for he has found favor with me. Whenever the spirit from God came on Saul, David would pick up his lyre and play and Saul would then be relieved, feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. The Philistines gathered their forces for war at Soko in Judah and camped between Soko and Azekah and Ephes Daming. Saul and the men of Israel gathered and the camped in the valley of Elah 
and they lined up in battle formation to face the Philistines. The Philistines were standing on one hill, and the Israelites were standing on another hill, with a ravine between them. Then a champion named Goliath from Gath came out from the Philistine camp. He was nine feet nine inches tall and wore a bronze helmet and bronze scale armor that weighed 125 pounds. There was bronze armor on his shins and a bronze javelin was slung between his shoulders. His spear shaft was like a weaver's beam and the iron point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. In addition, a shield bearer was walking in front of him. He stood and shouted to the Israelites' battle formations, Why do you come out to line up in battle formation? He asked them. Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down against me. If he wins in a fight against me and kills me, we will be your servants. But if I win against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. Then the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel today. Send me a man who can fight so we can fight each other. When Saul and all Israel heard these words from the Philistines, they lost their courage and were terrified. Now David was the son of the Ephrathite from Bethlehem of Judah named Jesse. Jesse had eight sons and during Saul's reign was already an old man. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war and their names were Eliab, the firstborn, Abinadab, the next, and Shammah, the third. And David was the youngest. The three oldest had followed Saul, but David kept going back and forth from Saul to tend his father's flock in Bethlehem. Every morning and evening for 40 days, the Philistine came forward and took his stand. One day, Jesse had told his son David, take this half bushel of roasted grain along with these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Also take these 10 portions of cheese to the field commander. Check on the well-being of your brothers and bring a confirmation from them. There, They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David got up early in the morning, left the flock with someone to keep it loaded up, and set out as Jesse had charged him. He arrived at the perimeter of the camp as the army was marching out to its battle formation, shouting their battle cry. Israel and the Philistines lined up in battle formation facing each other. David left his supplies in the care of the quartermaster and ran to the battle line. When he arrived, he asked his brothers how they were. While he was speaking with them, suddenly the champion named Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, came forward from the Philistine battle line and shouted his usual words, which David heard. When all the Israelite men saw Goliath, they repeated from him, they retreated from him terrified. Previously, an Israelite man had declared, do you see this man who keeps coming out? He comes to defy Israel. The king will make the man who kills him very rich and will give him his daughter. The king will also make the family of that man's father exempt from paying taxes in Israel. David spoke to the men who were standing with him. What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes the disgrace from Israel? Just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The troops told him about the offer and concluded that is what will be done for the man who kills him. David's oldest brother Eliab listened as he spoke to the men and he became angry with him. Why did you come down here? He asked. Who did you leave those few sheep with in the wilderness? I know your arrogance and your evil heart. You came down to see the battle. What have I done now? David protested. It was just a question. Then he turned from those beside him to others in front of him and asked about the offer. The people gave him the same answer as before. What David did, or what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, so he had David brought to him. David said to Saul, 
Don't let anyone be discouraged by him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. But Saul replied, you can't go and fight the Philistine. You're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since he was young. David answered Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paws of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul had his own military clothes put on David. He put a bronze helmet on David's head and had him put on, put on armor. David strapped his sword on over the military clothes and tried to walk, but he was not used to them. I can't walk in these, David said to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Instead, he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in the pouch in his shepherd's bag. Then with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. The Philistine came closer and closer to David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he despised him because he was just a youth, healthy and handsome. He said to David, am I a dog that you come against me with sticks? Then he cursed David by his gods. Come here, the Philistine called to David. I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel. You have defied him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me. Today I'll strike you down, remove your head, and give the corpses of the Philistine camp to the birds of the sky and the wild creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God, and this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. He will hand you over to us. When the Philistine started forward to attack him, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in the bag, took out a stone, slung it, and hit the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead, and he fell face down to the ground. David defeated the Philistine with a sling and a stone. David overpowered the Philistine and killed him without having a sword. David ran and stood over him. He grabbed the Philistine's sword. Look, that had that had that was massive. That sword was probably as big as he was. He pulled it from its sheath and used it to kill him. Then he cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they fled. The men of Israel and Judah rallied, shouting their battle cry, and chased the Philistines to the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. Philistine bodies were strewn all along the Shareim road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned, from the pursuit of the Philistines, they plundered their camps. David took Goliath's head and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put Goliath's weapons in his own tent. When Saul had seen David going out to confront the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of the army, whose son is this youth, Abner? Your majesty, as sure as you live, I don't know, Abner replied. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. When David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before, the, before Saul. And with the Philistine's head still in his hand, Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? The son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem, David answered. And then we will read Psalm 82. God stands in the divine assembly. He pronounces judgment among the gods. 
How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Provide justice for the needy and the fatherless. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and needy. Save them from the power of the wicked. They do not know or understand. They wander in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. However, you will die like humans and fall like any other ruler. Rise up, God. Judge the earth. For all the nations belong to you. There we go, friends. That's day 82. What a great day to read. Um, you know, here's a little thing today. Look up the song if you don't know it. Uh, the Battle Belongs to the Lord by Phil Wickham. Crank it up and let it be your anthem today. Have a great one. See you back here tomorrow for day 83.